Welcome, everyone, to the 35th installment of the Hot Takes from the Berg podcast. I'm your host, Jason Mitchell, and joining alongside my co-host, Ian Hatch. How are you doing today, Ian? Um, I'm doing pretty good. I saw some actual competent quarterback play from my team last week, so I'm probably doing as good as I've been all season. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're getting to our NFL Week 15 predictions today. We did miss Thursday night and a, a weird... Saturday night football. The NFL has just been all over the place this year with schedules. But just to touch on those games, uh, Chargers beat Raiders and OT. Justin Herbert still looking like the best quarterback out of the draft. Uh, The Bills smacked the Broncos. See that Statue of Liberty play from Josh Allen? Dude, I did. I did that Buffalo offense looks so fun right now, and they're rolling. And then the Packers uh, went over the Panthers. A, a bit of a closer <clears throat> game than I think all Packers fans would have wanted, but Aaron Jones looking like one of the best running backs in the league again with the 145 yards on 20 carries. Just insane. But... With those three games covered, uh, we're going to hop into Sunday Sunday games, uh, starting with the Texans and Colts. Uh, still a division matchup. Still both teams fighting for something here. Texans, it's division or uh, it's pick, and the Texans and the Colts are still fighting for that number one spot in the division. And, I mean, they're currently tied with the Titans, but so this is uh, strength of schedule, tiebreaker. Why do they Titans lead? I think it's the strength schedule. Strength of schedule. I mean, either way, you kind of looked at this game six weeks ago and you're like, okay, I mean, wrap it up. Do they even need to take the field? But, like, it's what we've been saying about the Texans all year. They look completely different without Bill O'Brien. I still think that the suspensions that uh, caught up to them last week is, is still having an impact. I mean, they do have players that can step up, but when you're talking about your two best cover guys on the outside and, you know, your most dynamic wide receiver, that obviously really, really hurts. Uh, I still really haven't seen them bounce back from that just yet. I mean, it's only been a one-week sample size, but either way, it doesn't look like things are, are bode too well right now for um, the Texans, but – I've said it in a lot of their games. To me, the best player in this game is Deshaun Watson. And, I mean, the fact that you have that at the quarterback position, I mean, you always have a chance when you have a guy of that caliber. But I just don't think that things are going to be that simple against the defense, the caliber of Indianapolis. Is. I mean, this defense has been probably the most impressive to me on a full-season sample size thus far. I mean, they're just absolutely awesome. They do everything well, can cover, tackle, at every single level of defense. I mean, every one of those guys is playing really, really good this year. And the only question mark I have about Indy is if they're going to have their big man in the middle, DeForest Buckner. I mean, he's questionable at this point. I I was trying to see if I could find any scoops on it online. I couldn't really find anything. It looks like he's actually going to be a game-time decision. 
And he, he's one of the few players that I think could hurt their defense if he were to miss this game. I mean, I don't know how much it would have in this game, but for a Texans team that's going to be looking for turnovers and anything to kind of get them going to give them a chance in this game, I just it makes me a little weary the fact that they're taking on this Colts defense. Yeah, this, this Texans offense has been decent since Bill O'Brien's been gone and Romeo Cannell took over. But this, this Colts defense has been phenomenal all season long. I mean, and I believe in their first matchup, it, it really wasn't a, a pretty game. Um, maybe they can turn it around. Um, I really don't see that happening. Uh, we, we will see, though. Yeah, I think in this game I'm rolling with the Colts just because of their defense, the run games come come on as of late. And like we both kind of said, I mean, at, at this point with where Houston is with the suspensions, their record, uh, just their play overall this season, I think it'd almost just be smarter to just go ahead and chalk it up and, you know, not really even try and win as crazy as that sounds and just secure a nicer draft pick, um, make sure this, you know, the season wasn't off or not really if you miss out on, you know, one of the top guys or somebody you really like in the draft. And for this Colts team, I mean, they're absolutely motivated. You talked about it. They're in second place for the division only because of strength of schedule. And they have a lot postseason-wise they're still playing for right now. Yes, I'm also going to be rolling with the Colts here. I I think Deshaun Watson is the best player in this game. I just don't think he has the team around him to get him there. Agreed. Um. To touch quickly on the next game, we got the Lions and the Titans. I think this is a a pretty easy one to talk about. Uh, Titans nine and four, um, with the two-time leading rusher in the NFL, uh, Derrick Henry, just insane. And then the Lions are five and eight. They've had an okay season for how how their team has performed, especially on defense. I just don't think they're going to be able to get it done this week. I agree. I think this is the Titans game. Um, this is a game that when I was scouring online for some articles about injuries and stuff, I ended up seeing that. I, at first, I gave the Lions no chance, but Matthew Stafford is actually going to be good to go in this one. Uh, when I was doing my breakdown, it was – breaking news at the time like three minutes just posted so he is going to be good to go and also they figure to get DeAndre Swift back so I think this game does have a chance to be really competitive I mean obviously I don't really think the Lions stand much of a chance at all versus you know any team really without Stafford sadly but DeAndre Swift has been a guy who's really impressed me this year he's been in my opinion one of the better rookies in the entire league I mean the dude has just been dynamic when he's been on the field and we've seen as the season has progressed, they've worked him into the offense and kind of introduced him to almost that bell cow kind of a role. And you saw early in the season, it was all by committee. And now it seems to be all DeAndre Swift. So, I mean, getting him back definitely keeps you in this game, but I just think it's still going to be too much. Like I said, similar kind of thing with the Colts versus the Texans. The Titans are playing too much. I know that they're going to be locked in and focused for all of these last games. And if you get a game, Versus a team like the Lions or the Texans, you have to capitalize on that. And at this point in the te- on at this point in the season, if you're a good team, and one more thing I just had to touch on, I can't miss go over this game and not talk about it. Frank Ragnow, um, 
fractured his throat, more precisely his larynx, and finished out the game last week. I can't even imagine what that means, let alone how the hell that would feel. But that took some big nuts. I mean, wow, I, I just can't imagine even doing that. I just had to, you know, talk about that. I think that's absolutely crazy. Now, we'll say the, the Lions are 4-3 and three on the road compared to 1-5 and five at home, and they're playing in Tennessee. We'll see if that has a any kind of factor. Uh, but moving on to the next game, we got a, a big division matchup uh, that in past years would have gone one way. We got the Patriots and the Dolphins. And woo-wee. All right. This Patriots team is it, – it confuses me. Because one week they'll do good and just completely demolish the the Chargers and then get completely shut out by the – or basically shut out by the Rams. It doesn't make any sense to me. It is very confusing. I've been really hard. It's been really hard to just get a read on this team all season. I mean, you feel like some weeks, you know, especially when, you know, when you do what we're trying to do in this context and, you know, decide who's going to win a game before, it can make it really hard anytime you get a Patriots game because you don't know what team you're going to get. Um, some weeks they come out and they look absolutely fantastic, and some weeks they come out and they're just – disoriented can't get a single thing going on offense and obviously you know I don't think anybody's debating the fact that this defense is still good but it's still not what it used to be so for that reason it's just really hard to gauge where the Patriots are at and how they're playing but one thing that to me that looking at this game it's not hard for me to judge is the Dolphins Uh, they've had a couple slip-ups along the season Um, you know it has been a clean full 15 games just yet, but I have still been very, very impressed by them basically each and every week. I think they laid a dud a couple weeks ago, or I think like three or four weeks now versus Denver. And obviously the last time we saw them, they had the luxury of getting the Chiefs, but still, I still think this Miami defense is ultra legit. I just watching them play is really something to behold. They just fly around the field making plays. And for the Dolphins, I think if they can get back Devontae Parker, Mike Gesicki, Jakeem Grant, one one of those guys. Uh, I just think those are three of probably some of their best offensive playmakers and at least, you know, for receiving options. So if you can have one of those guys, I think it's a really, really, really good sign. But if you're without all three of them, those are three, you know, really important players to your offense. A guy like Jakeem Grant even, I mean, he's not, you know, stat-wise what you would look at as a really, really good receiver. But – He's their speed guy. He's the one that keeps everybody else honest. So, I mean, there could be some big implications if, you know, this Patriots defense is just allowed to just tee off with really, you know, subpar kind of options out there. So we'll have to see. But I think at this point I'm easily rolling with the Dolphins. It could get close. It's a divisional matchup, and we know the Patriots are a coin flip about which team you're going to get. But I just like the Dolphins in this one. I also like the Dolphins this one. Uh, they kept it really close with what I think is the best team in the NFL uh, last week in the Chiefs. They got three interceptions off Pat Mahomes, and I'm pretty sure that's that's literally almost double what he had all season <laughs> leading into that game. Only had two interceptions going into that game, and he has five now, which is – like, yeah, they couldn't really stop him through the air. He still almost had 400 yards, but three interceptions on 
the best quarterback in the league is insane. Also did a very good job of stopping the run game. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire couldn't do anything. The only the only good rush was again was that Tyree Kill thirty two yard just dot up the middle. That's the only thing that really happened. Yeah. And they this team has done a fantastic job of stopping the run all season long. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm rolling with the Dolphins this week. Uh, it's going to take a lot for me not to roll with them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I totally agree with you. I'm I'm really looking forward. I mean, it, it, I remember something Jackson said a couple weeks ago that a rookie quarterback has never beaten Bill Belichick. Uh, looking back on it, me and you both kind of predicted it would be Justin Herbert. We were very very wrong about that, and the Chargers got blown out. Um, but I, I really like the Dolphins in this one because I, I just don't think they're a one-trick pony. I think they have the potential to be able to get it done on both sides of the ball. And I think this is going to be a really, really big game for just the shift of power almost. It's going to be like, you know, the old king handing the prince the crown, I think. I mean, I think that the Bills are the best team in this division, you know, right now, obviously. But I think the Dolphins are right behind them. And it's weird to think that the Patriots are third in their division after, what, two decades of dominance? Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. Um, next game, we have the, uh, Bears and Vikings, um, division matchup, not really too many implications here. Um, both teams are six and seven, but they are still fine for playoff spots. Uh, right now, the, the lowest record or the worst record in the playoffs right now, I believe is the Arizona Cardinals with seven and six. So if Cardinals come out with the loss this weekend, one of these teams could get in the playoffs. Absolutely. And that that's the exciting part about this time of season is that we really don't know who's going to make it in. I mean, both of these teams do have a chance. I think I'd, you know, favor the Vikings overall, just of, based off the improvement I've seen from them, over the course of the season, but for the bears also, I'm man enough to admit, I remember, I think first episode almost, I um, talked about how I did not like Trubisky and all that. And I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong and Trubisky has proved me wrong these last couple of games. I mean, he's come out, he's looked motivated. He's looked confident. He's been making the plays that have been put in front of him. He's not trying to force anything, not trying to do too much. And he just looked poised. And I think that's something that, you know, we never really saw from him. I thought he kind of looked panicked uh, previously. Uh, but at this point in time, I think Trubisky is really, really playing well. And for playoffs to be in play for both of these teams, I mean, it's not going to be easy and they're going to need outside help. But the only thing you can hope for at this point in the season is to handle your own business. And having said all that about the Bears, I'm probably rolling with the Vikings. I just think overall – you know, this last little stretch, they've been really turning it on and they've been a really competitive team. Even in the games that they've lost, they've been there. They've, you know, had been in position to win and they've been turning it on as of late. I mean, they've got two dynamic weapons on the outside, Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I can't wait to see how they perform. Um, it's going to be a tough task versus the Bears defense, but I just think the Vikings are playing too good right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to roll with the Vikings here. Um, 
I like the Vikings offense more than I like the Bears offense. But it is going to be difficult going against that Bears defense. And the Vikings defense hasn't really been good all year. Um, so Mr. Trubisky might have a big game here. It all, it's all really going to come down to him. Uh, we'll see if David Montgomery can have another big game. I mean, he's had two two pretty good weeks in a row. Uh, and last really week having over a hundred yards. Yeah, and really breakout weeks. I mean, a guy that we hadn't really seen anything from. I mean, he'd been serviceable, but these last two weeks showed you exactly why the Bears went out and you know got rid of or you know let Jordan Howard walk, make David Montgomery the guy. Um, we had, I, at least to me, I don't know what anybody else has seen. I didn't really see why, um, why they would do something like that up until this point. But these last couple of weeks, I've started to see what, you know, I think these Bears staff members are seeing from this guy. He looks to be really dynamic. He's really been turning it on as of late. And that's something you don't see from a lot of running backs in getting better as the season goes on. I mean, that's a Derrick Henry kind of thing. So for that to happen to Montgomery is a good sign. Yeah. Um, it's real, but in in all honesty, it's going to come down to the quarterback play for both teams. Uh, how is Kirk Cousins going to outplay Mitch Trubisky, or is Mitch Trubisky going to outplay Kirk Cousins? Agreed. Uh, but with that, I, I I think I trust Kirk Cousins with his weapons a little more than I trust Trubisky with his weapon. Yeah, I mean, going back to what I said about Trubisky, he has really impressed me, but. It's just not enough for me to go against Kirk Cousins. I mean, neither one of those guys, I don't think, are, you know, close to being, you know, in the elite tier. But I think definitely Kirk Cousins is a lot closer to that. And I'm not ready to commit and go all in on Trubisky after two good games. Yeah. Um, On to the next game. We have Seattle and Washington. Um, Seattle coming off blowing out the New York Jets. And Washington coming off a, I believe, four-game winning streak. The only thing that scares me about this Washington team is Dwayne Haskins is starting. Yeah, I was really interested to hear about how you feel about that whole situation. Alex Smith out with the calf injury. It's It does help that we're going against Seattle's defense. Yeah. And two weeks ago, they weren't able to beat the Giants. So that does kind of look good for Washington. But on the other hand, you're playing against the second best quarterback in the league. That's the thing. Uh, I've seen it more than more times than I can count. And I will preach this until the day that I die. The best quarterback that I've seen Face at facing a really, really good pressure and a really good defensive front is Russell Wilson. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the league that have speed at the quarterback position, but I don't think that any of them are as good at avoiding the rush and extending plays than Russell Wilson. I mean, I've seen this guy drop dimes running backwards practically. I mean, he's just a freak of nature when it comes to doing that kind of thing. And I think that if this game could really bite bite Washington in the ass because I mean that is their strong suit you know their front seven is as good as it gets in the entire league I'm not afraid to say it anymore I mean all their young guys are hitting on their potential giving you exactly what you thought they could give them and it's starting to look really really scary but if there was one quarterback in the league that I think that would actually kind of hurt them against it would be this quarterback and we know that Russell Wilson has done it before 
I would not be surprised if he does it again. I think this is going to be a really tough game for Washington, especially given the fact that the Seahawks, you know, lost that one versus the Giants. At, at that point, I think that they're not lo- overlooking anybody, and especially this Washington team. If there's anybody that knows that they've won four games in a row, I guarantee you it's the Seahawks. And I guarantee you they're going to come in here motivated. Uh, being without Antonio Gibson and Alex Smith also just really, really hurts. Um, I just find it hard for me to to pick – Washington in this one, just knowing, you know, what the Seahawks are capable. But the same thing could be said for Washington. I mean, they're going to be just as motivated. They know that they've won four straight. So I think this is going to be a very, very good game. But like I said, I just think that the biggest strength for Washington is kind of neutralized in this game to me by Russell Wilson. So I could be wrong because there is some really, really talented guys up front for Washington. But I've just seen Russell Wilson do that too many times before. I, I am going to go with Seattle in this game. Um, it's really – Seattle's defense has not been good all year. Yeah. But I don't know how much I can trust Dwayne Haskins. Like, he looks good in his, his limited time in that San Francisco game. Still still some inaccurate passes. But in reality, like, that, that game was won off of defense – so many four turnovers, a, a touchdown, uh, two defensive touchdowns, just, I don't know. I, I am going to go with Seattle in this game. I, I think Russell Wilson is somehow going to find out a way to maneuver around this defense line. Agreed. Uh, I will say, I think it's going to be a very, very close game, and Washington could somehow pull it out. Oh, I absolutely do agree. And I think that almost the quarterback change to Haskins may help Washington a little bit. I mean, you just see anytime a quarterback uh, change is made on a week-to-week basis, uh, it can have an effect. But it's not like the Seahawks are preparing for this game for an extra week or anything, and we're looking and preparing for Alex Smith. So I, I just think that everything is kind of pointing towards Washington here. Or, excuse me, Seattle. Yeah. Um, on to the next game, uh, a game we're just going to quickly touch on, the Jaguars and the Ravens. Uh, Jesus Christ, Lamar Jackson, you're a running back. How how do you do this? <laughs> Jeez, I don't even understand how he does the things he does. Hundred yard, 150 yards through the air, but 124 and a, two touchdowns on the ground. Just, Wow. There's nothing you can do to him. I mean, as soon as you go in man coverage, he's going to take off on you. And as soon as you go into zone, he's shown himself able to find the open man. I mean, there's it's really pick your poison. How do you want to lose? And for a team like the Jaguars, I mean, this one, this is a game I'm safe to say almost on the Jets level. They might not even want to take the field because it's a foregone conclusion. Yeah. Um. <laughs> If you have any Ravens running back, wide receiver, you have Lamar Jackson, start him this week. There's going to be huge fantasy points for you. <laughs> on on to the next game, we have the Buccaneers and the Falcons. Earlier in the year, I think this game would have been uh, a done deal uh, because of how bad the Falcons looked in the fourth quarter. But lately, I don't know. The Falcons have looked decent. Absolutely. 
the Falcons have really, really come on as of late. Played everyone tough. I mean, Raheem Morris has definitely got a lot stronger of a grip on this team than than Dan Quinn had. And it, it, I said it again, or I've said it and I'll say it again, is really, really similar to the kind of shift we saw from this tech from the Texans, you know, just that monkey off the bat kind of thing. And I don't think that the, you know, the Falcons are really in play to do anything, but I think they're one of the best candidates to play a postseason spoiler, you know, moving into the last couple of weeks of the season. I think they've been playing really, really strong. And I think offensively, they're still a tough matchup for really any team. Cause I mean, this Falcons offense is really, really good. It's just going to come down that their defense can keep them in the game. And the Bucks offense hasn't looked as, world beating as a lot of people kind of expected it to be coming into the season. And with Ronald Jones out, there's a question mark at, at the running back position because Fournette's been or was a healthy scratch last week and his play was encouraging. So it seems like he might be in the doghouse, but he might have to get some run this week. I have a lot of questions for the Bucks, but I, I know that Tom Brady is laser focused in on these, on this postseason. He didn't come to, Tampa Bay to, you know, sit on his couch come postseason. He came here to win more Super Bowls. And he I don't think he would have joined a team if that wasn't, you know, the kind of aspiration or the kind of track that the team was on. And I think that he really believes that they can do it. But it's time for them to put their money where their mouth is. They've had some really, really poor performances, you know, during the course of this regular season. And they've had some really outstanding performances. It's just going to get to – you know, forming some sort of consistency around this team and how they perform week in and week out, because it's about to start, every game is a start is about to start, you know, having huge implications. So I think that they can get through this one, but I really do think that the Falcons have a good chance to win this one. I, I am going to go with the Bucks here, but the Falcons have looked good these last few weeks. Uh, yeah, they haven't won all their games, but they've, they've kept it really close. I mean, they blew out the Raiders 43-6. to six. Yeah. And the Raiders looked like they were playoff contenders for, for the longest. This team, this soccer team will punish you if you come out and lay an egg. Yeah. Um, on to the next game, another game we're just going to touch on real quick. We got the 49ers and Cowboys. Uh, San Francisco coming off. A close loss, uh, twenty-three to fifteen last week against Washington, and then the Dallas Cowboys just whooped up on the Bengals. But it's the Bengals. If you don't whoop up on them, then are you really even an NFL team? <laughs> but in, in reality, I think I have to go with San Francisco in this game. I yeah. I think San Francisco has the much better defense, and I I don't know if. Uh, the Cowboys could really keep up with that defense. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. I think that this Cowboys team is really in just lose mode. Um, I think that they've already – I mean, they're without their quarterback, obviously, uh, but I don't think that they really have much to play for. And I think just effort-wise from what I've seen from this 49ers team – throughout the regular season without all the players they've been without has been more consistent and better. And it's just been a harder effort. I think each week for this 49ers team that I've seen from this Cowboys team. I mean, yeah, the game last week and the Bengals, but I mean, the Bengals have been basically viewed by every NFL team as a stat pad opportunity. I'm pretty sure for the entire league. So I'm not putting anything into that. And I don't think if the Bengals were in the situation that they were in um, quarterback wise, that, the Cowboys would have had it so easy. So 
I am rolling with the 49ers as well. Yeah, and if you if you can't have Zeke get over 50 yards against the Bengals, how is he going to do against that 49ers defense? Uh, he's been just head-scratchingly bad all season. Yes, he has. On to the next game. We have the Eagles and the Cardinals. I'll let you speak on this one first. All right. Um, thank you, Jalen Hurts. Uh, it filled in last week for the Eagles for the first time all season. And the offense just looked motivated and in tune to a degree that I haven't yet seen this season. I mean, just it, it was weird. Things that he shouldn't even really have control over, it, it seemed like it did. And maybe it's just better effort from all the players all around. But I, I can't I can't figure it out just yet. I mean, you look at a guy, Miles Sanders, who I think leads all running backs this year and drops. I've seen him drop multiple little just out routes little dump down passes, I think to the tune of like nine or 10 drops this season. And this is a guy who missed time. It's been really, really weird to watch, but I watched him last week, three or four catches, no drops, didn't even fumble one. It looked super confident and it was just weird. I mean, the offense has had a total turnaround with Jalen Hurts. He adds a, a running ability that Carson Wentz, who is a good athlete, just can't compete with. I mean, for the current construction of this team and the roster that we're working with I think Jalen Hurts definitely provides us the best chance to win I mean like I said our offensive line is in shambles and when it breaks down Jalen Hurts has the opportunity to extend a play make something happen escape get a first down with his legs uh, I saw it multiple times in the game last week and it, it was really really huge um, but I don't like our chances in this one uh, the Eagles figure to be without Darius Slay. And I know the guy has been torched this year, but I mean, he shadows number one wide receivers every single play. Um, you know, he always is going to get the toughest matchup and whether he gets burnt or not, I, that's a valuable addition to your team. And without him, our starters on the outside look to be really, really weak. And we have no answer for DeAndre Hopkins. I could see this being a really, really big game. I think really the only way that the Cardinals lose this one is if they beat themselves. I think giveaways, things of that nature, you know, have kind of been the downfall for the Cardinals this year. They're still in a good spot, but if they want to avoid that, they're going to have to not turn the ball over and they're going to have to really dial in on Jalen Hurts' running ability. You can't let this man escape and get a bunch of first downs on you. It will kill you and it will extend drives and it will, the Eagles will turn it into points. That's what we've seen last week from, you know, Jalen Hurts and this Eagles crew. So if the Cardinals do that, I think they have – I think that they will lose this game. But I predict Jalen Hurts will make the Cardinals sweat. But in the end, I just don't think it will be enough. I will say uh, we have two former Oklahoma Heisman quarterbacks going at it, which is absolutely insane to think about. I mean, Jalen Hurts' story is insane. Getting benched for a freshman, transferring to Oklahoma, getting getting benched behind a quarterback that didn't look fantastic, finally getting his first start, and having a huge win over a a playoff contender. Yeah, a Super Bowl contender at that. And played really well in his first game. Yeah. 
And then you have Kyler Murray, who has hasn't really looked great the last few weeks. Like, yeah, they, they had a good game against the Giants. But even then, like, he's not looking the best. And <clears throat> he's he's really become a, a – he's only looking at Hopkins. He's not really looking at any other court, at any other uh, receivers. He's not getting Christian Kirk involved. He's not getting Larry Fitz involved. He's not really getting Max Williams involved. Yeah. But I, I am going to go with the Cardinals here just because I, they have the better team in my opinion. But honestly, it wouldn't shock me if if uh, Jalen Hurst can somehow pull off this victory. Yeah, no, I think, I do think the Eagles have a chance. But like I said, I just think it's going to come down to the the Cardinals beating themselves. Yeah. On to the next game, uh, another easy game to predict. We got the Rams and the Jets. Rams are going to absolutely beat the brakes off the Jets this week. Yeah. I, I think really the only thing to look at with this game is the other kind of implications. I, I think that it has. I mean, we talked about the Seahawks a couple games ago, and obviously – they have to be even more aggressive this week, knowing that the Rams basically have a guaranteed win in mind. So, I mean, this game, I think, more than anything, has more implications for Seattle. So, I I think Seattle knows that the Rams are basically guaranteed a win this week, and I think that Seattle is only going to be even that much more motivated going into their game. I will say, I really do think Seattle is basically guaranteed a playoff spot at this point. I mean, they only need, I think, one more win to guarantee it. At they are guaranteed, but I just think if there's any team out there that's probably playing for the number one spot, it, it probably oh, yeah. would be Seattle. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, But, yeah, the Rams are going to murder this team. Yeah. Now, here is going to be what I think is the best game of the week. We got the Chiefs and the Saints. Um. Boy, oh boy. Pat Mahomes versus Taysom Hill. Whew. I I do think the Chiefs are going to win here just because the the Saints weren't able to get it done last week. But I, I think they're going to have a bounce-back week in a uh, big, big way. I, I was thinking the same thing, but – no Michael Thomas. I think that there's still a chance, an outside chance that they may have Breeze for this one. Um, but even Breeze or no Breeze, it doesn't mean I like their chances anymore either way. Uh, I think this is just the Chiefs game to lose. Uh, this is one of the better defenses that the Chiefs have faced all season. And if this Saints defense can generate some turnovers, make their life easier for the offense, then I think that that goes a long way. But if they can't do that and their defense only hurts them, which, I mean, it's rough against this Chiefs offense, you know, any day of the week, let alone at this point in the season, it could be a very rough game. But I just can't really imagine with how hurt the Saints team is, especially with, you know, among their really, really good and talented players. I just don't really think that this is this is in the realm of possibility this week. I don't think they're going to be able to pull it out just because the the Chiefs look like the best team in the NFL right now. I mean, they have the best record in the NFL at 12-1, and and Pat Mahomes 
he is looking like he can be an MVP. Uh, I don't think he should get it due to voter fatigue. But this this Chiefs team is so difficult to stop. I mean, you have Tyree Kill, you have Sammy Watkins, you have Nicole Hardman, you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on the defensive side. They have a fan. They have a, a pretty good defense. Like it's not top near top top notch, but it's it's pretty good. Yeah. But if if there's any team that I think could somehow bring down this juggernaut, I think it could be the Saints. I do agree with you. If if we're talking about the coaching matchup, this is probably one of the best. This is two of like some of the best coaches in the NFL right now, Andy Reid and Sean Payton. Well, and also this is easily could be a look ahead at the Super, uh, Super Bowl matchup. I mean, I think that the Saints right now couldn't do it, but they're about to get Breeze back. Michael Thomas, all indications are that he won't miss much time. It's more kind of just a precautionary kind of thing. So for that reason, it almost kind of signals to me that the Saints might be waving the white flag a little bit early just because of some of those kind of um, – implications forward yeah forward thinking kind of moves that they've made so with that in mind I think that this is going to be the Chiefs game and also just like I said looking at any game on paper versus the Chiefs it's just hard to not pick the Chiefs oh big thing for the Falcons uh Julio Jones is out Ooh. yeah that, that changes it all right yeah I think the Bucks are gonna whoop up on them now they're not gonna have their star receiver Still with Calvin Ridley, but yeah, I mean, anytime you're talking about being without one of the best wide receivers in the league, it's obviously going to hurt you a lot. Yeah. Um, on to the Browns and Giants. This is honestly, this is a this is a crazy game for both teams. Yeah. Uh, Browns coming off a heartbreaking loss last week. Uh, after Lamar Jackson took a poop in the fourth quarter. Um, just <laughs> weird. Uh, but the Giants are still fighting for their division. They're they're right behind Washington at a five and eight record, and if they lose this game, I I think it's basically over. Yeah. So I mean, Washington has such an easy schedule for the for the last two games. They have the Panthers and then the Eagles, and then yeah. New York after this game. It it doesn't get too much easier for them. They have the Ravens and then the the Cowboys. I mean, they have one game there, but going against the Ravens can be tough. Yeah, it to me it's going to be really interesting for both of those teams. How do they respond to their with their quarterback situation? Um, Colt McCoy obviously helped the Giants to did that really impressive victory over the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, but. Without Daniel Jones versus defense, I'm not really sure that he can replicate that kind of performance. I really, really like this Browns defense. They're definitely better than the Seahawks. And with everyone knowing the Giants' playoff situation and, you know, some of their recent performances, I'm sure that no one is sleeping on them in a similar kind of situation to Washington right now. So with that said, I, I think the Giants do have a chance. But they're really going to have to rely on that defense, which is their strong point, but they're going to need extra things with that, like turnovers and, and things of that nature. But between the Browns defense and rushing attack, it, it just, it's a hard pick for the Giants here. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm going with the Browns here. I mean, they didn't. They looked good in that Ravens game. Their defense just fell apart. The offense looked good, but I, I think that game was a bit of a fluke game. I think they're going to come back this week and play really well against this Giants team that doesn't have their their star quarterback. I the Browns are going to win this week. I think. Agreed. And now on to on to Monday Night Football. We have the Steelers and the Bengals. Um, Steelers coming off another loss, but I I don't think they're going to lose this week. I mean, it's it's the Bengals. Yeah, it's the Bengals. <laughs> I don't think there's really much else to say there. It was a perfect, it was just a perfect bounce back game for the Steelers right here. I mean, they've lost two in a row, seem to be on a little bit of a skid. Nothing says get your confidence back up like a game versus the Bengals. Yeah. Although I will say, um, Seattle or not, uh, Pittsburgh, they have lost their number one spot. So this this isn't looking great for them, at least playoff wise. We we will see how how they can perform these last three weeks and if they can somehow get their number one seed back if if the Chiefs somehow lose a game. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be weird though. Absolutely. Um, I hope you all have enjoyed this though. Uh tune in on Tuesday. We're gonna be giving our NBA power rankings right before the season starts and every week we'll have an NBA recap of what's happened that week big games uh, players that have slipped players that have really performed well it's going to be a very very fun NBA season and of course the NFL playoffs are right around the corner we'll be coming at y'all with with free games for all of those uh, what how we think every team's going to perform and probably our Super Bowl predictions once once the once the regular season finally ends. I'm looking forward to it. I know my picks will probably be trash just like in the regular season, but I'm here for it. <laughs> Alright, I've been your host, Jason Mitchell, joined alongside Ian Hatcher, and we'll see y'all next time. Adios.